A.K.A. Responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. You know, I was thinking the open, other than slight changes based on the pandemic has not changed in like 76 episodes, which is kind of amazing because it was just a stream of consciousness. But Jeff, as you read your graph there, it made me think that somebody who was Q friendly could find that to be a positive message. Uh Oh, the duck, duck go. No, no. Independently verify it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the first time I thought about that. It's like, until you've Uh... independently, oh, why don't we just say, do the research. Watch a YouTube video or something. Right. Go down the rabbit hole. And obviously that wasn't what we intended. No. But when no. I heard it, when I read it, I was like, oh. Uh. oh, you know what? If Q fans want to listen to us, be my guest. The more the merrier. <laughs> You're going to love us. And it's funny that you say that because 76 episodes... Actually, this episode is going to come out on the 27th of September. Our first episode ever came out on the 30th of September. So we're right at our three-year anniversary with this episode. Dang. That's pretty cool, man. Man. Yeah. Time flies when you're stuck inside during a pandemic, (laughs) right? And, And we did it before the pandemic, which was like prime podcast launch season yeah we, we were sitting across from one another at the kitchen table no mask on no yeah. distancing no distancing that is a fact like in each other's faces basically and, and here jerry taste this beer yeah <laughs> right none of that shit going on that's a great segue of the episode 76 spirit of 76 but not feeling patriotic episode and what we're going to talk about today is everything has changed hasn't it and it's not going back to the way it was, ever. You just can't admit it to ourselves, and we really don't know what to do about it, or maybe I'm just speaking for me. So there's multi-layers there when you're saying we're not going back. I mean, you could be talking about the pandemic itself, like, you know, when the vaccine eventually comes out. That doesn't mean off come the mask. Hmm. We're going to jump right into the vaccine, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You must have been listening to This Week in Virology. You know why I know you were probably listening to it? Because they're only Joe Rogan's podcast is longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these guys know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, so, yeah. here we go. Oh, here Rogan we go. Slam. Well, if we get to it, 
We could talk about the fact that there's going to be another Catholic on the Supreme Court, which is not great. And finally, we are in a historical moment, right? You hear it all the time. And it's Mm -hmm. easy to say when you have read about these historical moments in a book. But now that you're in one, what do you do? Mm. Because I'm not sure. I know we're in a historical moment, but... I'm not always sure what to do about it. Yeah. And that also is in multiple layers. The pandemic by itself and then, you know, the politics is another issue. There's so many layers of... The environment, the civil yeah. rights. Oh, yeah. 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 All the hurricanes. Yeah. You know, we're into we're yeah. into the Greek alphabet now on the hurricane. Is, this is definitely going to be a time in history that is going to be studied by future generations for a long time. I hope so. Unless it's the end times... And, uh-huh. and then we won't be able to study it because we'll be all burnt up. Well, well, we know where we'll be when we're dead. There's a lot of people on this earth that think they're going somewhere else. Somewhere um, in the sky. But speaking of that, there is only, we're recording this only 40 days from the election. We don't have an ark and there will not be a biblical flood. But vote like your democracy depends on it because it, it does. And does. if you don't know that after this week, there may not be any hope for you. Yes. What are you all libating with? And I'm not sure that's even a word. Sure it is. It is now. Well, it is now. I'll go first. I'm having a 2017, I hope it's Bogle. I hope it's not Boggle. Uh, <laughs> I really hope the name of the vineyards isn't Boggle. It, it's B-O-G-L-E, Bogle Vineyards uh, out of California. It's a, a Petite Shiraz. Really dark. I, I was really surprised when I poured it for it being just a single grape and not a, a dark blend that it has a very, very dark color to it. And I'm I'm liking it. Yeah, uh, It's a trend because I am drinking a darker subject matter in Bourbon Barrel Imperial Stout from Monday mm-hmm. Night Brewing. Uh, I was going to go with the Black is Beautiful Stout, but I figured darker subject matter fit the mood. And it's also clocks in at a light 13.5. Oh. So it is quite tasty. And as you would expect, you only need one. One and done. Yep. I may so, I may actually out ABV Jeff for once. I, actually, you did tonight. But I have the big boy can, so that may balance it. So what I'm drinking is a crowler of Midnight Mash from Firemaker Brewing. They're becoming one of my favorites for their unique, interesting beers. This is a, a black IPA. And that's kind of an acquired taste. Black IPAs usually have kind of a burnt taste to it, which sometimes can turn me off. Don't oversell it now. No, but this one has a, it's got a chocolate finish. So it doesn't have that burnt kind of taste to it. So it's a really smooth, dark IPA. So So everyone's drinking dark. Everybody went dark. To to match their mood. And Midnight Mash is got to be a play on Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. That's that's what my Catholic brain went immediately. (laughs) Well, also, Monday Night Brewing was started by guys at a Bible study. Well, this is Firemaker, though, the Midnight Mass. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know know what their uh, religion is. Capitalism. (laughs) So, Don? Speaking of capitalism, give us five stars. (laughs) And if it's not five star worthy, shoot us an email. Let us know or hit us up on Twitter or reach out to us on Facebook at the private and hidden Facebook group. Since I missed last week, I'm going to kick this off and give you guys both an opportunity to laugh at my expense. Okay. I'm getting older, as everybody is every minute of the day. I'm not. I'm to that point where I'm like taking class or thinking about taking classes for my own fulfillment. If you were in college... 
you'd be the middle-aged guy that walked in and people would groan because you're only taking one class and you'll like mess the curve up. What are you doing, grandpa? Exactly. <laughs> but I'm, ta- I'm taking an online class about digital media and I was looking at the requirements and you have to have a Facebook page. <laughs> oh my God. It was like the first <sighs> thing on there. And I was like, mm. you got to be kidding me. Mm. So, I am going to set up a new account. Ah. I am not taking my original Facebook off ice for... For a community college class. Hell no. Hell no. I got kicked off of Nextdoor for not using my real name. We'll see what Facebook's naming requirements are. Like, I'm not going to do something stupid, but it's definitely not going to be my name. I think you should use this as an experiment because the class is what again? What's It's on digital media. Digital media. I think by the end of the class, whether you pass or fail this class is not the grade that you get, but whether you can get the teacher of the class to delete their Facebook account. (laughs) That's your goal. (laughs) You know... There are group study and chat sessions, and I, I will wait to pick my spot, but there will be a spot <laughs> where I oh, just I come out swinging. I there's going to be a spot. And if, if there's not a spot, I'll just create one. Oh, did somebody say right-wing algorithm? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought my ears were burning. Okay, here's your, here's your darker pod subject matter. Uh, and I've heard you guys and people we know say similar things and i definitely have been feeling it you hear it all the time everything has changed nothing's the same and everything has changed in 2020 normal 20 has gone gone to shit Yeah. Yeah, yeah the new normal can't wait to get back to normal like it's guaranteed like it like it's gone well like jeff's vaccine yeah it's guaranteed it's just the month. And I realize yep. that's a cheap shot and you're going to get me for it later. <laughs> but it's been nope, a couple of weeks nope. since I've been on. Because there there will be a vaccine, but it's not what people think. And and the media is not helping it out. There's a lot of people that aren't helping that out. In other, in other words, they, they think that once the vaccine is out and people take it, then, the vac- then we're going to be able to go back to normal. And, you know, the more I've learned about it is... Not so much. It's going to take quite a bit longer. We're going to have to mask for quite a bit longer, even because they're talking about what, April at best, where we might get vaccinated. I mean, you know, that's still kind of a pipe dream. Oh, are we betting? Let's bet. Give me a month that you think you're going to get the shot. He just did. He said April 2021 at best. No, no. I'm I'm saying that's when it will start to the masses. It'll probably take into the summer, maybe into early fall before everybody that wants a vaccine, and that's the other issue, is going to be able to get a vaccine. So even if that works out, and there's a lot of ifs in there, that the vaccines, at least the candidates that are in the running right now, are aimed at immunizing the disease and not the virus. And it's the same for those of us that have had the virus and have antibodies. We can still get the virus in our upper respiratory system and potentially pass it along. Our bodies will be able to fight it off so it doesn't go into a disease. And that's the same thing on on the vaccine, is it's not aimed at immunizing against the virus. Just because you have the vaccine doesn't mean that the virus comes in contact with you, it dies. Right. You can still carry it and pass it along. Right, exactly. You know, so as we get our vaccine 
You know, and you have, you know, most of them are going to be the double dose thing. We can't then go out without our masks on. This is the most magical thinking I've ever heard you say. Magical thinking. Absolutely. And that gets to my point. Everything has changed and it's not going back the way it was. Maybe ever. And part of that is believing that there's going to be a vaccine, that there is going to be some proper rollout, that it is going to be equitably distributed at some point where, quote, everybody gets it. That is holding on to what used to be. You could probably get into how often or how long the process took that you're describing. Like, when's the last time we actually did that? And how long did it take? Because I don't know if it's happened in my lifetime. What's that? Well, first of all, a pandemic where we actually get a vaccine and everybody gets it. Maybe it doesn't solve, it does solve the problem. Like the flu vaccine doesn't solve the flu. It makes it less harmful yeah. because it changes every year. It's just one of those things that the world has to deal with. Not everybody got the flu shot anyway. So it wasn't a societal closing issue like this pandemic has proved to be. But getting back to normal, I'm pretty convinced it's not going to happen. Which part? Any of it. Y- you not, don't not, think- not, and by the way, not the vaccine. Okay. Not, not, right. not, just, not just the pandemic. Politics? Oh, okay. You're talking broader scope. I'm talking about getting back to quote normal. Politics have politics has changed for the worse. The climate issue is going to get nothing but worse. The economy and inequality does not seem like it is going in a positive direction without gigantic societal upset. How many times have the 1% or the rich willfully parted with their fortune or a chunk of their fortune for some overall societal equality, willingly? Not that they didn't have their heads chopped off or there wasn't a war or there wasn't some giant earth-shattering series of moments, but they're not going to part with their money. And if they don't, that means the inequality issue is going to get worse. Do you think our relationship with the police is going to go back to some more Mayberry version? Mm-mm. I don't think so. And I think it harms, not harms me. I feel like it feel like it harms society because we don't do well with big questions these days. Because there's too many ways to argue. And there's no giving an inch. As Democrats, we have had it up to our eyes. Well, beyond that. Right. We're drowning and being punked. And getting back to whatever normal was, that's gone. That world that we got comfortable living in and kind of knew how to get around in and seem to function, that world feels gone forever. Well, you're throwing a lot out there. (laughs) I told you it was darker subject matter. So let's pick one category just to give me something to to hold on to. Take your pick. Politics, I I would say, would be a good example of where you still hear people thinking that once Biden gets in, that things are going to tip back to normal, like under Obama. And even under Obama, we we have this kind of a, a clouded memory that those were the good days. Comparatively, they were. Well, yeah. For us. It was still a struggle, but yeah. it was much better than the situation is now. And by the way, Jeff, you're way, like to me, you're getting way ahead. Biden winning and there being a... Right. 
a normal transfer of power right. without that it's like be, the vaccine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which one yeah. has a less likely chance of happening? Yeah. And it's every week now. And it's yeah. almost every day. Yeah. There's something new. Everything is a fight. Well, they're, they're already setting the groundwork to call into question the legitimacy of the election. Oh, yeah. So that if the results don't go the way that they like come election night, they've already tended the field to lay that groundwork of putting doubt in people's mind that it was a legitimate election to begin with. And I think that's even before the election. I think what this is doing, it's going to cause a lot of people to say, then I'm not going to vote. This is crazy. I don't feel that. Yeah, I don't either. Well, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but... It's almost like this is the most important time to vote. I see more people being energized to vote, whether that be on this side or that side. But I see more people being energized to vote than being disgruntled. I would almost be shocked if 2020 doesn't have the largest voter turnout that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, but I guess what I'm getting at is that's fine for us. We have options. We can, on November 3rd, we can take time off to stand. They're going to be long lines no matter how you do it, If even if mm-hmm. you early vote. I mean, because mm-hmm. everybody has to be spaced out. And then, you know, there's all these precautions they're taking to make sure it's it's safe and everything. So that's going to increase the time to vote just in and of itself. That assumes you can. That assumes that there's not a squad of boogaloo boys or three percenters standing outside your precinct armed, with, armed to the teeth. That was in the news tonight, too, that there's these Republicans that are organizing to be poll watchers, which watchers means intimidators. And so that's what I'm saying is is that I really question whether a lot of people are going to navigate that. I think they will. But back to the larger point, that's a great example of something that does not seem like it is going back to the quaint, go to the local school and you get a sticker that says I voted. It's a it's a normal election. That feels gone. If they rule the ACA unconstitutional, my family is potentially screwed, along with millions of others. That is also potentially not recoverable. And unfortunately, that's one of the litmus tests that he's using, along with abortion, to fill the vacant seat left by Ginsburg is the ACA. The only reason he cares is because Obama did it. Exactly. To unleash the fury of millions of people that are kicked off their health care, they go broke. I mean, you've created a new class of broke, desperate people. But in the end, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to storm the governor's mansion? Are you going to protest until cops come and crack your head? I see it on Twitter. You know, we're going to general strike and we're going to take to the streets. And you can take to the streets and do what? Just the thought of how ugly it could get. We never, like, Jeff, you may have been closer to Vietnam, the, the era. You know, I was yeah, growing up I, when it was kind of over. I was, like, months away from being in the draft. You know, like, there, there's always been, you know, like in the 80s, we're going to get nuked by Russia and we're, or the Soviet Union, and we're going to nuke them. Like, there was a fear of nuclear war. And in the 70s, the big split was Vietnam and after Vietnam. And it's not like these big, huge events haven't happened, but... It feels like they're they're leaving a permanent mark, just getting rid of the structure that we knew 
and we don't really know what it's going to look like on the other side. But it certainly is not trending towards greater equality and kumbaya. And something that's kind of interesting also is, you know, a lot of people will compare in the volatile 60s, you know, which is Vietnam War, protests against that, protests against Nixon, protests against, well, civil rights back in the, in the 60s. But back then, I think, Feminism, I think, that, yeah. but I think protests moved the needle because you had limited news outlets. You had, you know, the traditional newspapers and you had the three major networks. So in other words, people saw on the news and kind of a re- reality view when they march across the uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge. For the first time, people saw black people getting their heads cracked and that moved the needle. Nowadays, we have segmented medias like Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, where you're going to see things like the protests. Fox News will focus on Antifa and the ones that are causing issues. They're not looking at the the regular well-behaved protesters. Well, that doesn't spark fear. Well, yeah. To me, the protests are just further dividing rather than unifying a country. But those protests never unified anybody in the 60s and 70s either. It moved the country, and that's what... It, it moved part of it. Right. But it moved the laws, so... Well, because it, it moved the awareness that people right. had of it, which right. in turn... Right. Yeah. You think, you think that's going to happen now? No, that's what I'm saying, yeah. is because of the way that we, we get our media... No! It's not just the media's fault. Well, it's our fault too, right? You're underselling the 10 million points of static known as social media. There's definitely not a shared view of anything unless you're in that group, as we do an atheist podcast to a very narrow audience. <laughs> no, we got QAnons listening now, so. You know what? We're, we're as ex Catholic as the Supreme Court is 67%. <laughs> But no, I, I agree. Social media makes it even worse because, you know, that really solidifies your bubbles. Well, seriously, then, what are you, I, me, we, like, what can we do about it? If he steals this election, what is everybody willing to do? What, what do you think is going to happen if, if he does it? Do you think we're going to storm the White House? I don't think we are going to no. storm the White House, no. It's... You think somebody, you think anyone's going to storm the White House? No. It'd be a bloodbath. Let's just build a new one. Say, Trump, you can keep that. You've already, you know, shit all over it. I, I wouldn't want to move in there if I was Biden. I've heard this question asked to people that know much more about it than I do. And, and the answer I keep hearing is if he tries to do something like that, it's going to go to the courts and, and eventually the uh, marshal service will just basically evict him from the from the White House. Yeah, you want to bet? I'd say it's going to all come down. This is going to make the whole Florida debacle between Bush and Gore, the dimpled chads and the hanging chads and all that. That was just the pregame to what this is going to be this year, I believe. I agree. Well, and that's that's why they want to rush the uh, replacement of Ginsburg. Because he thinks the, the Supreme Court is who's going to decide who the president is. If he can stack the court with three of his people, then you think, by you all think, means. You think he's going to leave if it's 5-4 against him? No. Or if it's 4-4 and somebody sits out? I, I would say that, you know, but, uh, but of course I would say that the, the three that he appointed should recuse themselves and it should come down to the other <laughs> six. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that ain't happening. Yeah. That ain't you know. happening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not just politics. It's not just the pandemic. We're not too far away from climate refugees. Mm-hmm. Yep. What we knew is gone. It's gone. And to that point, I think you're already seeing that from Californians. 
that are saying enough is enough, and they're moving to Idaho and Wyoming. And what that's doing is increasing the property tax base for all those people. Like how many people really do that? For real. This is people that have the ability to move, you know, by choice. Yeah. You know, it's going to get to a point where it's not going to be a choice. You know, like my city is underwater or mountain town I've lived in has burned so many times no one can live there anymore. Or another hurricane hits New Orleans and they don't feel like spending the money to fix it. It's permanent stuff like that. It, it, yeah. And again, it's just one of many. I had lulled myself into this will pass and everything will get back to normal. And I realized that was the, and just personally, the worst kind of magical thinking. And I honestly, I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about it because it probably comes off too negative and cynical. And I don't want to be cynical, but I, I, I got to look at it with my eyes open and trust what my brain is telling me. Right. Yeah. To me, there's got to be kind of a balance there. In other words, you don't want to just crawl into your bed and say, there's nothing that I can do that's going to change anything. I'm just going to hunker down and pretend it doesn't exist. You, you have to be aware of what's going on, what the potential is of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, and there was a YouTube video I shared with you guys, I think from Michael Steele, kind of talking yes. about this same thing. And he used to be head of the Republican Party, right? Or, uh, yeah, the RNC. RNC, yeah. Saying, you Democrats need to be thinking ahead. You can't just, kind of like what you're saying, Jerry, you can't be thinking it's going to be January 20th. It's going to be easy transition. It's like, okay, so what do you do if Trump refuses? Hopefully, there are people in the, the you know, our elected uh, representatives that are doing that kind of research and, and thinking about what the plan is. I saw it and Mm -hmm. just immediately put it in the mental trash basket Hmm. because that is just another example of living in the past. They don't give a shit. And I didn't want to just focus on politics. They don't care about laws. How many times are you going to see that they they committed a Hatch Mm -hmm. Act violation Mm -hmm. or one of their police forces have done something against a court order or just this week where the the Department of Justice basically told Congress to pound sand and said, we're not going to come and testify. We're not going to honor a subpoena. Well, and that's what my point was, is, you know, Steele's point was, you know, that they're doing this to you guys and you're not doing, doing it a to whole him lot. Too. Huh? They're doing it to him, too. I don't want to be lectured by never Trumpers on what we should do. Like, he's not part of it. He didn't build part of the apparatus that we have now. Yeah. And it's been happening for four years. They've been doing basically whatever they want. And if it goes in the court system, I have zero confidence that it's going to go our way. None. The one thing that he's done competently for the last three years is just stack the shit out of the court system with conservative judges. But it's weird that it always, like, like just in this conversation, it's always gotten back to politics. But nothing is going to be the same. Yeah, but isn't politics where you hope that's going to be resolved? Well, I guess. I'm I'm talking like climate change, for example. And the vaccine, another example, is like that has to be done through our system, through the government. It doesn't have to be done. If it does, we're screwed. Right. It doesn't have to be done. And the thought that somehow it's going to be done... I cannot go there because that's where it kind of clicked in for me about everything has changed because there are no guarantees. There is no guarantee of a vaccine. There is no guarantee that we're going to do squat about climate change. There is no guarantee that somehow 
equality across the board is going to happen without tremendous societal upset. So you're saying even under the scenario, and I know this is very hopeful as well, that Biden-Harris wins, we get control of the Senate and keep control of Congress. You're not even hopeful under those conditions? It's a pipe dream, I know. I mean, you might as well just throw in all conservative Supreme Court justices die in a horrific car accident (laughs) when they were carpooling to work one day. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite a stretch. Right. And you know what would happen? Fox would say it was a George Soros plot. Bill Gates and George Soros, along with the deep state and Podesta's emails, came together to uh, nefariously pull off this hijinks. Okay, so one thing I wanted to put out there, too, is if... Under the dream that we're putting out there, that we win control from those two branches, we do need to add justices to the Supreme Court to gain back control of that. Because right now, the way it's looking, it's going to be stacked, is we can pass laws on the environment, we can pass laws on the Affordable Care Act, or even single-payer health care all these kind of things. But don't think for a second that Republicans aren't going to take that to the court because that's their power right now. So unless and until we add justices. So why doesn't Trump just appoint 14 justices to the Supreme Court between now and election? A second term. Or you do the same thing. And then the next time there's a Republican president, they just appoint 27 justices. You know, no rules. It, it, to, to me, it, it, it sounds like changing the rules in the middle of the game. And I know It sounds that- like everything has changed. Huh. <laughs> because in my dream also, the Republican Party goes away. Oh. <laughs> There's a virus for that as well, too. By the way, why, why does is there no discussion of one-party rule? That's kind of where we're headed right now, unless we change things back up. Who talks about it? Nobody. How many think pieces have you seen on this? How many times have you heard it talked about on the Sunday media well, talk shows or even on, you know, your average well, depends prime on time? What, what do you mean by one-party rule? Or just the other party just doesn't exist anymore? Or right. one party has manipulated the system and gerrymandered their way into where they are in power even though they are not the majority? Yep, perpetually. They're there now. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Then you start to put your political opponents in jail. Yeah, or poison them. Or they can't get jobs. And only people connected to the party succeed. Very few people, like your average folks, have been talking about what has gone on with TikTok. That has been insane that a president has gotten involved to that level to basically benefit a donor and a friend. And expected a kickback. Was shocked that it was against the law to, to get his beak wet on that deal. Laws? For chumps, man. Yeah. It's for chumps. <laughs> and he's not on TV anymore. So maybe maybe the big change has already happened. But Chris Matthews, he'd always talk about Tip O'Neill and Reagan or somebody having a drink. That was his magical thinking. His magical thinking is just like, why can't they get along, you know, like they did When I was on the Hill. Now, it's not that you disagree with the person on the other side. Both sides view the other side as evil and actively out to get them. They are evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got it right. But they say the same thing about us. That's his whole message that if you're religious, the Democratic Party is not for you. Oh, yeah. We're a bunch of atheists. When we are not the majority of the Democratic Party, we're still the minority in that party. This Supreme Court for us fiasco. There's actually been a line of argument, and I'll say that in air quotes, that somehow the Democrats are anti-Catholic. Or anti-religion, period. If Biden's elected, you'll lose your Bible. 
But for the Supreme Court argument, it is specifically anti-Catholic. The fact that they would do this and they would not get laughed off the air. Who's posing the anti-Catholic? Because Biden is a Catholic. Right, Jeff, Jeff, you're thinking like... You're thinking. If you apply logic <laughs> to the situation, you will no longer be allowed to play. Yes. Oh, okay. There has been this consistent, and if it's one thing that the GOP can do, is get on a talking point and hammer that sucker home. Any criticism of any justice he nominates is going to be couched in either anti-Catholic or anti-religious grounds. Probably anti-religious. Well, no, it's going to be Catholic if it's one of the two. You're thinking the old way, Jeff. Like, how could they do that? Because there's nobody more Catholic than Biden. Like, literally. Like, there's not been a more Catholic nominee, I think, in my lifetime. Yeah, Kennedy was in my lifetime, right. Right. So you think, how could they possibly do that? Because it doesn't get more Catholic than Joe Biden. He just looks like he smells like incense. Those rules don't apply anymore, man. The shamelessness factor is off the charts. Right. That's because most Americans don't realize, just like in Protestantism, in Catholicism, there's extremes. There's a very fundamentalist version of of Catholicism, and there's a very, I wouldn't call it necessarily progressive, but far more progressive than evangelicals. And, and, you know, Biden would would fall under that category where, you know, he's... What you are saying is 100% true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody thinks like that. I mean, first of all, the media always shies away from the religious discussion because they think that's going to turn off some of their listeners, viewers, or whatever. So they kind of tiptoe around that. So nobody really gets the full story. Then what would you like them to do? Well, to explain the differences between the fundamentalist versions of religion, the mainline, like Biden's form of Catholicism, I would call more of a mainline. Jeff, you don't you don't want you, you don't watch much TV, do you? Not live TV. But... There's no TV that does what you're talking about yeah. because nobody would watch it. Mm-mm. And they well, would all, and everybody that was involved with it would be fired. Mm-hmm. Again, so, That is not the slightest criticism of what you're saying. But the screeching has been anti-Catholic, and they're still hanging their hat on the marginally bad thing that Dianne Feinstein said to Amy Comey Barrett in her... I don't understand how that's bad if she's pointing out a fact. That was a well-stated point. With the atheist perspective, Don. Now, I forget the exact phrase, but your dogma's showing is basically what... She, I forget, what, what, how did she put it? She definitely used dogma. Yeah. And not that I disagree with her, but it is a bad look in that setting. Wait, who, who said this? Senator Feinstein. Hmm. Three years ago. And they're making it a fresh wound... As a way for no one to criticize anything about that part of her thinking. She has said some very disturbing things that people are scrambling now to try and smooth over the rough edges of prior to her being announced on this weekend. Assuming. Yeah. Wait, you're you're talking about which, which one? ACB. Okay, yeah. She was a law professor at Notre Dame, and she gave a presentation at Notre Dame, and she was talking about the law being a means to the end. For the kingdom of heaven? And yeah, the kingdom of God? Being the kingdom of heaven that used the judiciary to usher in 
the kingdom of God, basically. Oh, so, so she's kind of like uh, DeVos there, then, in yes. that respect, where you know it's, it's all about the kingdom. She's in a, it's the people of praise, right? Yes. Yes. Which I've never heard of. Have either one of you ever yes. heard of this group? Nope. I had a while ago. I don't know what. Figure Jeff did. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> but he knew about Opus Day before the Dan Brown book ever came out. I believe that, too. <laughs> and, and, and the thing that's kind of strange about people to praise is it's not strictly a Catholic organization. In fact, it doesn't, if you go to their website, which I don't know if I would encourage you to do or not, peopleofpraise.org. Yeah, I was going to say we will not put them into it. Yeah, they, they cover quite a wide range of denominations. So it's not just Catholicism, but they're very conservative. And evangelical. Charismatic. So what does, charismatic. That, mean to you? What does that mean to you, when, Jeff, when they say it's a, it's a charismatic Christian community? Pentecostal. They don't have an authority figure like a pope. They, they hear themselves from the Holy Spirit. They get their message directly from the source. That doesn't right. sound very Catholic. Well, that's what I'm saying is they call it a Christian community. The more I find out about the group, the more it sounds like to me people that are stuck in a label that they no longer agree with and then try to change that right, thing from right. within inside to more mirror their views instead of just, hey, there's a group across the street that, that more mirrors my views. I should just leave this group and go join that group. Right. Because of the denominations that they talk about, it's Roman Catholic, Lutherans, Episcopalians, Methodists, Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't get that, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> you people always put the Roman on the front of it. I'm reading off their webpage. There's not a non-Roman Catholic. Reading off the People of Praise website. <laughs> Don, do you know anybody who ever called themselves Roman Catholic? Did you know, ever know a Catholic that called themselves that? No, I only I remember referring to it as the Holy Roman Catholic Apostolic Church, you know, during the service, but Well your Pope's in Rome. Your Pope. <laughs> He's in the Vatican City, which is a completely different country than Italy, sir. Get so it right, you stand even. corrected. <laughs> We finally got you on religion. We finally know something about Catholicism. <laughs> it's not in Rome. It's surrounded by Rome. Yeah, kind of like Washington, D.C. is not part of this day. It's like it's like Hamtramck of Rome. That way they have their own police and all that kind of stuff. So Their own army. But my understanding is, is this thing kind of started because, you know, the Pentecostal movement goes back into the early 1900s. Well, the, the Catholic Church and many of these other denominations mentioned never got involved in that whole Holy Spirit kind of kind of thing. So these are like people that found themselves homeless and gathered together to uh, pursue their their dream as a Pentecostal charismatic type organization. And when you say Pentecostal charismatic, that is what I hear is speaking in tongues yep. and and all and that is completely non-Catholic. Right. It's yeah. Led by, yeah. I mean, you know, God is really not part of their equation per se. The Holy Spirit is the one that's kind of driving everything. Okay. Time out. Hmm? <laughs> okay. We have entered. It's not on the rundown, but welcome to <laughs> religion class with Jeff. Theology corner. What is the difference between God and the Holy Spirit? All right. So, you know, we're going to get into Trinitarian kind of crap. Yeah. No, no, no. Without okay. using that, that word. Okay. Because well, we don't know what that is. What? In the Catholic Church, you guys didn't talk about the Trinity? Yeah, but we didn't yeah. talk about Trinitarian. No, so so the Holy Spirit was one of those pieces, but... Right, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
of what the heck does Trinitarian mean? Trin- I don't know Trinitarian. I've never heard that word before. That's the, the three. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God is that That's you know, the three in one. Yeah. So a Trinitarian is somebody that is really big on the Trinity. Would be, which would be Catholics. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but they also, they also toss Mary in there, so I'm not quite sure what that's up with. You know, the mother of God. So that's... Hey, don't talk about Ma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ma. She has a... Sp- <laughs> we just have a high reverence for her. Right. She, she doesn't... She's not part of anything. She's on her own, but she's revered. Deserves her own space. She's not part right. of anybody else. She's given the place a womanly touch. That's right. She's mom. It started with her. Yeah. It's like Catholics also kind of, St. Joseph is like, he had nothing to do with anything. He was just a bystander. Wait a second. Joseph's a saint? He he was kind of like <laughs> uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. sitting back in the corner saying, okay, God, have your way. Wow. Doing his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost our Catholic no audience. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. He is Joseph. Definitely a historical bystander, mm-hmm. for sure. But he's he's a saint, though, St. Joseph. Well, kind of has to be, doesn't he? I mean... No. What did he do? Well, he, he you know, like he was... He, he was Mar- He was Mary's dude. What's the wife of the president do? But they're the first lady. Right. They don't make any decisions. But they go down in history. So he was, he was like the first dude. Okay. Yeah, so he gave the moral support to Mary and Jesus and... Until he died, he kind of got somebody had to te- the... teach Jesus how to be a carpenter, right? <laughs> That's the theory, which always brings me to the question of how exactly useful is carpentry skills when you live in a desert and there's no access <laughs> to wood? You know, Are you using? Oh, if Jesus or... was a carpenter, he was probably the least employable person in Judea at the time. <laughs> so anyway, back to the very unfunny. To us, people of praise. So yes. she's part of it, I guess. She'll she'll probably completely play it down. But how long ago was it? How many years ago was it that even if a Republican president was nominating a Supreme Court justice, being a member of a group similar to this would just be the nail in the coffin that you don't even get a hearing. Next, move on. She identifies as a Catholic, so that's where she's fine. Yeah, but she openly ad- admits to being a member of this group. Did she openly admit to that? Did she volunteer that? Say, hey. I don't think she's hiding the fact that she's or she's trying to downplay it. Why isn't that fair game for a confirmation hearing? Well, there isn't supposed to be a, a religious test, right? Why is it a test? Yeah, it's supposed to be no litmus test. But, like, why is that a test? Somebody has a brain fart in D.C. and they nominate one of us. <laughs> you think that they are not going to talk about atheism with us? Why is that off limits? And what's the name of your podcast, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to episode 39. Maybe we should rename it to the Holy Spiritless. There we go. Mm. <laughs> the non-Trinitarians. We accept somehow the fact that no one should be questioned about their religion. Why not? Yeah. They, they absolutely would question us about our lack of faith. Yeah, just right. because your psychosis comes in a group variety doesn't mean it should be exempt. But somehow, that's always been the third rail that is impossible to touch. So really, yeah, that, Don, you want to be asking the question. Absolutely, yeah. Now, that would be interesting if there was somebody up for the Supreme Court that was an atheist. What kind of questions would they be asked? They'd be asked all 
kinds of questions like that. But I, you know, to me, the more important thing is what their uh, ideology is a word I would use, but I know worldview is the more common term for people in the religious community. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that makes both of these choices not good to me. Not not good to the atheist community. Not good to the you know progressive, uh, liberal. Democrats, however you want to define that, progressives, you know, because they're going to be against abortions. They're going to be against climate change. I'm against climate change, too. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, against doing anything about it. It's those things. I don't care where they got their ideas behind that. It's like those are the things that are going to be damaging. I don't I don't care if you're Catholic, if you're evangelical, or if you're an atheist that holds those beliefs. I don't want you representing me. Yeah. And hmm. it doesn't matter where you derive your beliefs from. If that's what they are, then... Right. You're not going to discount where you get your beliefs from when you're called upon to judge in a case. Why are we not allowed to draw upon that when we question you? Well, and, and, you know, the reason there's so many different, not just denominations, but like people appraise is like a subgroup of all these different denominations. The reason they exist is because they want to create God or the Holy Spirit, however you want to define that. Yeah, this is for people who didn't get enough church on Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday and had to get together without the church leaders in some sort of a private setting and and have more. What are they about? They were started as a lay group where there's no priest or there's no pastor or or nobody over the group. It's it's Mm -hmm. more of like... A, a small group of people. It's like a house in church. A, house church. Yeah, very good way to put it. But it's, it's uh, the way, what I'm reading about it, what I'm hearing about it, it's almost like just, again, wide brush here, but it's the people that aren't getting enough church between Monday or between Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday night and got to do a Bible study on Monday and a get-together on Tuesday. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a seven-day-a-week thing for them. But not just in their own head and in their own heart and in their own home, but they have to meet in groups and, you know, fellowship. Right, community, like and, and yeah. they're kind of um, hippies in a respect. Supposedly they kind of share their things, which, you know. Yeah, or is... they'll, they'll, like, move into a neighborhood and buy up a bunch of houses together and, and like, almost like a communal type like of a commune, yeah, setting. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't... On any level, just kind of bother you? Mm, what, the, the communal part or yeah. what? The whole thing seems extremely cultish. Big time. If people praise, I keep wanting to say people of passion for some reason. But anyway, people of praise. If they weren't associated with the Catholic Church and they were just on their own, they would be considered a cult. Mm, I agree. But because, but because the same thing, Opus Dei. If Opus Dei wasn't a Catholic organization, they would be considered a cult. I don't know. I mean, to me, a cult has to have like a a person, a charismatic person that's, you know, kind of like the, the Jim Jones. That's a type of cult. but Right. But I'm saying because this, this doesn't really have a, a leader per se, this is more of kind of the house church. Do they have a mindset? They have a mindset. Do they have a collective mindset? Yeah. They, they have a collective mindset, and uh, it just happens to be that their leader is possibly dead because we're not sure if he lived, but we'll go with that. But I don't know if there's a, a leader. I okay, so, I mean, we should probably do a deeper dive into this if this is even an issue when our podcast comes out. I guess my point on this is that... Now I lost my point. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so I was part of a house church movement as well. So you've been in a cult, and you can speak to it. Okay. <laughs> Good. Let's move yeah. on this. 
<laughs> it wasn't a cult. Well, nobody called it that from the inside. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying. What kind of Nikes did you have? <laughs> kind of what? <laughs> At what point did the leader decide that he gets to screw all the women and nobody else gets to screw any <laughs> it? It never got to that okay. much fun. All right. No. Because that's usually where the, where the downfall starts. It's like, oh, yeah, God told me all the women are now mine. Okay, so my, my overall point is is when you do these kind of non-hierarchical, there's no, you know, no leadership, it's all kind of community-driven, all that kind of stuff, is, is you can kind of make up your own shit as you go. And, you know, and we kind of did that as the house church thing I was part of, is you kind of picked and choose. We were, you know, far more liberal, progressive, all that, but... We chose to pick that stuff. So y'all were kind of collectively doing this along the way as opposed to one particular person making the decisions and everybody else following along. Right. We shared leadership, that kind of stuff. How many of your folks have been nominated, have, have <laughs> sit on a very high federal judiciary mm-hmm. and how many of them potentially could be nominated for the Supreme Court? Probably not that many. Probably so that many. the comparison could die there. Anybody from your uh, home church going to kill abortion for everybody? No, no. Like How about said, the that ACA? Wasn't... <laughs> no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We were far more progressive and uh, forward-thinking than that. But that's the danger of these kind of things. Is So now they no longer have the Pope. They no longer have, I forget what they call it, in the Episcopal Church, you know, the leadership there, the bishop, I guess, Yeah, they're just kind of on their own. They're, they're, they're on, they're... Yeah, so they can kind of create their own rules, their own beliefs. But every religion does that. They all do that. Right. Yeah. They, they have, the, they, so it's no different than any of And what they're doing now is how other religions get started. They're offshoots. Right. By Q. Well, and that's the thing. At some point, there's going to be a leader that's going to kind of rise up and then start to direct stuff because, you know, if you have a bunch of people shifting around, you know, that's going to get messy. There's a power vacuum. Somebody's going to fill it. Right. But now they don't have one. And why isn't it fair to ask her about this? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Because these are her strongly held beliefs, Jerry. They're, they're her strongly held religious beliefs and they're sacred to her. Hmm. And we're supposed to, we're supposed to accept that as meaning something. If that's the case, if you have a two-year term and you have to be reelected and we have to assess how you enact those beliefs, I got that. Yeah. She's not even 50. This is a lifetime appointment. Yeah, she could be there for 30 years, easy. Yep, yeah, because she's only in her 40s, something like that. Because the idea of packing the court and extending or limiting the terms is another one of those liberal pipe dreams. Yeah. I want it to happen. I hope it can happen. This is Don's territory Uh right here. Uh But if I'm betting my own money, I am not betting it on that. No. No. I probably won't bet the house money on that. (laughs) Right. I'm going to keep holding that Because there are way better (laughs) bets than that. Because it's all changed, man. But see, it's kind of interesting. It's like we're spending our time, and that's what the media has been kind of doing, too, on, um, what's her name now? Amy something? Comey Barrett. Barrett. ACB. ACB. And so I'm going to bet. Now, this this is going to drop on Sunday. So Friday or Saturday, Trump's going to make his pick. Supposed to be Saturday is what they're saying. 5 p.m., I guess. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it's going to be leaked before then, whatever. I'm betting he's going to go with uh, the Barbara Lagoa, the Cuban-American from Florida. I'm just putting it out there. You've got a marker on a different type of really conservative current judge. This is a bait and switch is, is what this is. I, I that they're floating this out there and then they announce this other woman who is like 
a lighter version of her. I, I wouldn't say know. lighter. I wouldn't say lighter necessarily. But by the way, um, why is it a game? Why does it have to be speculated on? Because that's what Trump does that. It's the Trump show. Ah, he likes who, to do yeah, that. He does that because <laughs> who lets him? The people that the profit media. from it. But I'm saying, you know, the media seems to be focusing on this Amy Barrett. And, you know, I, I kind of think it's like we need to be focusing more on this this other one. No. Well, what are you going to do about it? Huh? What are you going to do about it? Why should we need, why should we focus on it? No, nah, I mean, we shouldn't. But I mean, the Democrat, Democratic senators. What are they going to do about it? Well, they, they would definitely have different questions to bring to the. Uh, you think it, are they going to the stop hearing? her? No. Then it's pointless, right? In fact, yeah, you know, somebody I remember reading somewhere that they're saying that the the Democratic um, senator it goes to the Senate first, right? Is the Senate here? Only the Senate. Only the Senate. It's like the Democrats should just boycott it. I don't know about that. Okay, so then it's a fifty-three to you know nothing vote or whatever, fifty-four to nothing or whatever the case may be. Well, I, you know, the vote's going to end up like that, but it's like you need to be presenting that this is what's happening to the court. This is this is why, if and when we ever get control of um, two branches, that we need to add justices to the court because this is what they're doing. You know, these are the things that that are in the balance right now. Not going to happen. I don't ever want to hear that in an eight-nine decision today. I don't think it's going to happen because the leadership of the Democratic Party won't do it. I got an earful from a 19-year-old who normally is not very in tune with politics. But I got an earful from him about old people. I'm assuming this was one of your kids. It's a red... Because <laughs> I, I just don't see you sitting to, uh, attentively to some 19-year-old just like, telling you off. I, 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 would, I would not come across <laughs> them very often unless we were in line at, like, you know, Willie's or something. About how... Biden is old. Now, it overlooks the fact that he's not that much older than the current occupant, and he's in far better physical and mental shape. But you got Schumer, you got Pelosi, you got Biden, and it's a bunch of well into their senior citizen years, and they are not up for the fight because they think things will go back to the way that it used to be, and it's not. And until those guys are out and gal, Biden has le- at least has, and I told him this, like he came in the much more centrist candidate and he has moved way left from where he was before. Not nearly as left as some people want him to be, but he has absolutely adapted. All you hear from Pelosi and Schumer is get out and vote. And I get it. You got to do it. But it feels completely limp, and I don't like it. I don't know. I mean, Schumer and AOC went out there and spoke. That was pretty shortly after our BG passed away, pretty much saying that everything is on the table. So to me, that was kind of a smart move on their part to have, like, the up-and-coming Democrat leaders, you know, along with the the old guard kind of thing. They gave her a whole minute at the convention. Mm. The whole, a whole minute. We talk about our beer on the podcast longer, longer than they than gave that. her to speak to the nation. Yeah, but on this thing I'm talking about, it was pretty equal. And that's her own side. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not like the Republicans giving her a minute to speak. Right. That's her own people going, yeah, hey, we'll give you 60 seconds. At 55, we're going to put a green light up so you see it. You know, you know you got five <laughs> seconds left. Right. 
start playing some uh, Oscar music, start pushing you off the stage. Thing is, that's that's the hand we're dealt right now. So, right. so okay, that feels defeatist. Well, hold on. Is that the hand that we've been dealt, or is that the hand we've dealt ourselves? Ooh, I knew you were going to go there, and you're not wrong. Or should I say, is that the hand we've been dealt, or is that, like, the guy in Oregon, are we the guy that shot themselves in the dick here right now? <laughs> 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 let's well, go with that good, analogy That's instead. a good analogy right there. I like that. I don't think we're that bad, honestly. <laughs> Not, no. It might, we might shoot a toe off, but you know, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like at least the old guard. Well, I can't speak for Pelosi. She's. I think she's a little bit more reserved than Schumer is as far as understanding that you know the party is moving left. I do see AOC. Well, what what do they call that cohort of um, squad? The squad. Right, there's only like three of them now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have a nickname. That is 33 percent of the atheist caucus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sorry, bad the atheist caucus they is need 33% a better nickname of that. than the squad. The mod squad. But I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, to me, I think we have some energy there that we need to really start tapping into. Okay. I think we're in a historical moment. And when we, if we were, if we were to be alive and read about it, it's not going to, uh, we're not, we're going to, we're going to look bad. Oh, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. No, no, no. I mean, us too. I mean, our 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 part of the equation. Like, are you in both total, siding this thing? Say what? Are you both siding this? I'm not. Right. I think the I think the era is. I don't think we've hit the low moment yet, but we're trending down quickly. I, I think the, this is going to be almost almost like there's certain times in history where, like, if if you had a Somebody like Jeff, yourself, or maybe if you'd been like a year older, or, or like my dad, who fl- flew helicopters in Vietnam, um, where a, a time like that, or somebody that grew up during the civil rights uh, movements of the 60s and all that stuff, where you can study it, you can look at it, you can learn about it, you can watch documentaries on it, you can read books about it, but unless you live through it, you can't really grasp it, you can't really understand it. And that, to some extent, no matter where this ends up at, if we are telling stories about it, that's the way. You almost, you, you just had to have been there. It, it's, it's, it's almost something that can't be conveyed is kind of the point I'm making. Because there's just, there's so much going on right now that oh, yeah. you can't yeah. cover. All at one time. You right. know? Yeah, but not even, but, so, and, I, and I'm talking about myself as well mm-hmm. like in if if i'm if i if i would get to read the you know the history text 50 years from now would i mean look we there is always criticism of quote you know good germans yeah you know and how could they let it happen mm-hmm. how could yeah. they let it happen and right. it's obviously not to that point but China's already built lots of camps, and they're stuffing a minority group in there. Mm-hmm. And we're okay with it. And it's not really an outrage because no one, well, I mean, obviously it is. 
But it's but, over there. It's yeah, not here. It, it, right. right. And, it's over, but it's China's over. been sending its citizens to re-education camps for decades. Not like that, though. And not one specific group. Yeah, one specific they are basically, group. They are basically ethnically and religiously cleansing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, it, it, and, it's, and it's a Muslim group, correct? The Uyghurs. Yeah, the Uyghurs. They're, but they are a... They're a Muslim religious group, correct? Correct. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. I, 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 I thought for a second there that they were Hindu, but I, I, I did not think that was right. I thought they were Muslim. All right. But they're, they, are, they, are being, they are being re-educated and herded into camps. And you know what? China's a big market. Can't mess that up. So they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get away with that. And the world... Allowed it to happen. Yep. Now you mm-hmm. would think that would be enough of a moral outrage to 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 make a big statement, but we can't. The market's too big. But but you know we we make too much stuff there. Yeah, they're too they're too important to us. Where will our cheap plastic shit come from? How did this generation really let climate change go? How did we do that? Well, when you're saying this generation, it's not just uh, so you're not a boomer, right? You're a Gen X. Gen X, okay. Mm-hmm. So close, but ge- but still Gen X. Yeah, okay. And then after Gen X is is it Gen millennials y. or Gen Y? Yeah, okay, it's fuzzy. so I'm saying there's yeah. So there's I mean there's Depends other generations that are part of this complicity. Complicity. Yeah, but you easy know, for me to say. Right, because because your generation and kind of sort of mine, you know, controlled it all, mm-hmm. and still does. To and a I think extent, Obama was think the only Gen X president. Yep. So and the next next one won't be that. All these things, uh, definitely not. Mm-hmm. All these things are happening, and. We are, we're, it's, again, the, the part of the individual doing something to stop these kind of giant changes is, is not really fair. Okay, yeah, let me, let me throw this out there. I've been kind but of we're still thinking about this as we've been talking about this. Is like, what can we do? What can we do? The other part of the equation that I don't think – has been on the table is companies you know like like delta is a is a huge company in atlanta do you think they would just sit back and watch uh, us go to an authoritarian government or do you think they i don't know what does it do to their profit margin what's the dow Mm mm-hmm Does that mean we can start charging for peanuts? We're <laughs> <laughs> not giving any at all. <laughs> yeah, but 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 Jeff, that's a that's a excellent point, and they are, I, I think it's it's pretty clear they're they're going to do whatever, and they uh, may not like it, but if you know they have a fiduciary responsibility and uh, to the shareholders, yeah. yeah. 
I don't know, maybe because some of these companies have been kind of moving forward with, we want to make sure that we have diversity on the board. And, you know, they were about LGBTQ rights, you know, back well, when that was a fight. So it seemed like they were a lot more progressive. Well, Trump just got rid of a lot yeah. of that stuff. Oh, so basically you they bought it. They were drug into it, yes. You bought it. No, 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 I'm just, but I'm saying they took a stance for the people right. that, that they are do. employed. What they do, other, other than tell you and do some commercials with some soft piano at the beginning and a, <laughs> and a markedly diverse group of people with some inspiring music. And, and look, it's, it's better than the alternative, <laughs> but I don't see any corporate brands out in front of the church in D.C. when they cracked heads for the photo op. I don't see any corporate brands in Louisville on the front line. Mm. I don't see any corporate brands anywhere. Not in Portland. Nowhere. Yeah, so they're they're not leading. They're, well, they're kind of following. And you know, they are. They are. They're giving you the. And and, and well, it's like let, you know, me, let me be like, clear. How much money there are a Nike? lot of people in these companies that are a hundred percent sincere. And I am not totally discounting it, but there is going to be a point where these pl- these companies are going to have to choose one or the other. And which one do you think they're going to choose? Remember when Nike came out and did the uh, Kaepernick commercial and people started burning all their Nike stuff. And people were like, well, how much money did Nike lose? Well, none. People bought the stuff before they burned it, but that's beside the point. But you know, when they do come out and, and make a stand on the right side, it, it, there's backlash as, as well, too. True. That's a discussion on cancel culture. Yeah. Whew. That could be longer than this pod. And by the way, we still haven't, we still haven't solved anything. No. But I will say that I think we're living in a historical moment. And I think it's time that everybody started to put their mindset towards the fact that it is. And a change in attitude and behavior is almost required. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we're in right now, and that's what makes this so complicated, is we're in the 1918 pandemic. We're in, you know, Germany in the 1930s. All at the same time. Right, yeah. That's why there's so many layers here is it gets overwhelming to know what am I supposed to be freaking out about? Good point. If you freak out about all of it, that's take you down the depression trail. And you throw in the fact that neither in 1918 or in the 1930s they had the whole 24-hour news cycle like we well, do. True, true. We've been primed for this. If you're not freaking out about it, are you truly engaged? If you're not freaking out about it, are you paying attention? Right, exactly. And that's what I'm saying is you have to ha- strike some kind of a healthy balance in between awareness and then self-care. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. What if your healthy balance is like maintaining that healthy balance and and keeping kind of a foothold in the world that was doesn't help collectively get us out of swirling around the bowl where we are now? Maybe you have to give in to the fact that we are swirling around the bowl and drastic action is required. Yeah, but I mean, there's only so much that we have direct control over. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, you can get all... Not if you want to if you want to keep everything you have now. That's the case, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, certain things like under our control, like with the virus, let's say, is like, I'm going to continue to mask and I'm going to continue not to go to bars and eat inside restaurants. 
That's under my control. You're making a big sacrifice for the cause there. <laughs> well, but I'll continue to support drive-through or pickup kind of stuff. But I feel so fa- so sorry for you know the bars and things like that. That I, I don't know how they're going to survive. And we were talking about this before. They're not. Like some of the, right, and some of these restaurants that are you know the the chains are going to survive. I do feel bad for the the small business business owners that are never going to come back. But I feel worse for the healthcare workers that are continually pushed up against this or dying yeah absolutely yeah and the ones you know like like that are dealing with people that went to the sturgis rally or went went to a trump rally that didn't wear a mask how many times have you called out somebody that hasn't worn a mask Mm -hmm. zero right yeah Yeah. Um, i've done it maybe once because it wasn't even it was kind of like not worthy of being viral, which I, which was in yeah. my head. Well, How many of us have been called out for not wearing a mask? Never. I was called out in Jeff's driveway just over the weekend. <laughs> I got up out of my chair, went to the garage, grabbed a handful of Doritos, and somebody told me to put on my mask. Put on Good. your mask, man. <laughs> Don't you be breathing on my Doritos with that, your you know virus what? That, that's Actually, that, and, and it's not really about you getting your Don germs on the Doritos. Which I did. Which, by the way, we brought. Thank you. <laughs> Which is 100% irrelevant. But not calling somebody out, being polite. Don't want the confrontation, right? I, I don't. Yeah. But but we all look at folks that don't wear the mask and we're like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, In our yeah. head. Yeah. But but we don't say... We don't say that because we don't want the confrontation because maybe we are living in the past. When you see somebody without a mask on, do you immediately assume Trump supporter? Yes. Yeah, or highly religious. You know, mm-hmm. like, that was the difference. Yeah, uh, six, one, half dozen, yeah. the other, yeah. tomato, yeah. tomato. But kind of a funny story. Larissa was saying that, you know, she went to our Hops, Grain, and Vine Mm-hmm. shopping and she like didn't catch herself she saw somebody without a mask and like what the fuck guy you know she had her mask on so the guy didn't know who said it but she said it out loud she oh, thought good. it was in her head <laughs> it's like yeah that's one good thing about not wearing a mask is if you right they can't you're not I, facing, I didn't you say, say that you want wasn't me i didn't no. even hear it what are you talking about maybe part of not you know like because we because we are particularly on signal you know bitch about the unnecessary extension of the virus yeah but Mm -hmm. interpersonally when we have a chance to talk to somebody about it whether it's a good conversation or not usually it isn't we don't we pass it up should we no absolutely not well i mean it's going to get you in a lot of arguments yeah but and are you doing it only to make you make you feel better or to make everybody else around like if you did that and challenged somebody at kroger hey why don't you have your mask on yeah do you think all of the mask wearing people around you are going to support you or are they going to hey back off man maybe in spirit only but i would hope then 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 the response is back off man because yeah. if they're not going to, if because if anything is clear now, you're either with me or you're against me. But I think most people just human nature would be glad that you're saying something, but are perfectly more than welcome to keep their head down and grab their stuff and head on out the door. Yeah. I mean, the mm-hmm. reaction should be applause. It's like, yeah, yeah you, you preach it. If it starts to get heated, the guy, you know, growl or whatever, comes back and they all go back and forth. Somebody else may jump in and get drawn into it. But still, I'd say probably 75% of the people wearing masks wouldn't say anything. They, yeah, they may and, stop and, and look and give support, and I, you know, but I don't, you know, then I, yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this in our, our little signal conversation as well as is like people are pulling from their own resources. So when they are not wearing a mask, they think they have scientific, you know, rational evidence why this is not a serious virus. 
and they don't need to wear a mask. It's like, you know, when I had the conversation with, with Tom, I, I can't see where I moved the needle at all on that, that perhaps you might want to wear a mask to protect not just yourself, but to protect others. I think that's exactly how you should do it. Nope. Hey, Tom, perhaps you should wear a mask for your fellow man. And for yourself. I, mm-hmm. You don't but care. If, you know, but if you, don't, if you don't see anybody around you, he, I was the only person he knew that ever had it. So as far as, you know, people that don't have somebody in direct in their circle that has had it, it it's non-existent or it's peripherally existent. And that's that's a shame. It takes it takes somebody in their immediate, you know, circle to say, oh, maybe this is real. Maybe I should wear a mask. It may. It won't necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what? How, how many how many clips have you seen? I'm old. If I get it, I get it. If I die, I die. Oh yeah, yeah. You there know was, what? Yeah. It's just right. look, from, everybody from the dies. Trump rally. Now I'm it's in, my time. I'm in God's hands and you know if it's my time to go, I'm gonna, you know Yeah I'll gladly I'm gonna in. go. But time to go is we have reached it 20 minutes ago. Absolutely. <laughs> it is time to go. <laughs> Quickly, uh, anybody got a quick recommendation? I got a real quick one. I mean, super quick. Let's hear it. Put it out uh, there. A trailer. Not even a, not even a TV show or a movie. <laughs> just a trailer. You're talking about a double so wide or a, or a single wide? No, actually, I, I stumbled across this not too long ago, and it looks really, really good. It's not out yet. Netflix has a movie coming out. I'm going to say, I'm literally just pulling this out of my ass. October 24th, somewhere around there is when it's going to be available. It's a drama based upon the trial of the Chicago 7. It's called The Trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks amazing. It looks absolutely oh. amazing. I'll put, a, I'll put a link in the uh, show notes to, to the trailer on YouTube. I'm sorry, but it's a, it's a sitcom about these six people, <laughs> these six friends that live in Manhattan in the same apartment, yeah. and it's called Friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, oh, I saw that. There's a lot of people in it, but the the main, like the, the, the marquee name on it, believe it or not, for a drama is Sasha Baron Cohen, Ali G. I, and, I believe and that. He, oh, if you, if, yeah. By also the way, on he Netflix, hates Facebook too. Yeah. Also, yes. Also on on uh, on Netflix, the spy that he he was in, right? Where he played a Jewish spy that goes into I believe Israeli. it was Lebanon. Amazing job in that. Did really really good in that. So he he's got he's got the chops. He can pull off the, the drama as well as the comedy. And yeah, really really looking forward to this because I think as as Hollywood has t- has a tendency to do. Where they'll draw on on stuff in the news in the current time, to and make historical movies that that kind of draw parallels. And I think I think this is going to be in that kind of a vein. My only recommendation is to challenge non-maskers. There you go. Say something. So okay. So what? Okay. What would you say? What was? What, what would be your opening line to? Why are you not wearing a mask? Yeah. What makes you special? And if they say, well, it's a hoax. Oh, you're a moron. Okay. Now, sign at the door says you got to be masked, and you probably were masked when you came in, and you're not now. Why not? Yeah, but I'm talking about. I mean, their stores is like you know the liquor store that we favor doesn't require it, and so you'll you know I I go in there early because I'm like one of the few well, people but, in there. You know there. what? But but you spend a you spend a decent amount of money there. Why mm-hmm. aren't you asking the owner? No. I should because the neither the owners or the checkout people wear masks. Right. There's your answer. Yep. You don't right. need to ask him. Challenge on. Yeah. 
Just, just, just out of curiosity. No, uh-uh, because you're not. Huh? Straight up. Why do you, why are you not wearing masks and why do you not mandate them? Mm-hmm. And if they say they don't believe it and it's a hoax, you still going to spend your money there? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Damn, it's so convenient and they have a good I selection. Could not, great store, super convenient, but you could be supporting, air quotes, the enemy. Yeah. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. You could go there one day and be nothing but yingling, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> then it you would make sense. You may have to shop at the know. local Chevron. Sorry, All Jeff. Right. You got anything, Jeff? You started a new book yet, or are you still on the same one? No, so I started uh, Rage by ah, Bob Woodward. The Bob Woodward book, yes. <laughs> just, you know, just to kind of take my mind more. Just some light, light summer reading. reading. Yeah. Yeah. A- yeah. Add to my stress and depression. Yeah, a and, beach and book, s- a nice beach romp. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a... Yeah. And still reading. Uh, take, so between that, I'm kind of flipping back and forth between taking America back for God, Christian nationalism. I, I will say that if you ever meet you ever meet Jeff in person, he's a lot more fun than the books that he reads. <laughs> <laughs> That's my outlet. Yeah. When I get together with you guys, I have to. Like, oh, so we're, we're like the we're like the non-intellectual dumb outlet. Yeah. Like he no. reads his books and then he hangs no. out with us. <laughs> No. We're his intellectual pressure relief valve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to cut y'all loose. We'll see y'all in two weeks. Ciao. Night night. Someone in the party and the devil